When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Glory, glory, talk about Spurs. Glory, glory, talk about Spurs. Glory, glory, talk about Spurs. And the Spurs go marching Hello and good evening, good day, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to this week's episode. Of the Spurs show. I'm Mike Lee. Joining to me tonight, uh, three gentlemen who've been on the show. Firstly, it's three o'clock in the morning there. He's in Australia. He's set the alarm to get up. He's having to whisper to not wake the kids. David Harris is with us. How are you, David? I'm very good, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for getting up. And, uh, have you been to bed or you've just stayed up? I'm I'm replicating the experience of work of watching a Spurs game in the middle of the night. So what I tend to do is a is a two shift sleep, uh, go to bed early, watch the game, and then go back to bed. And it takes about an hour to get back to sleep if I'm annoyed or, and or excited about the result. So I'm replicating the experience here. It must be very very tough this season getting up and, and watching some of the garbage they've served up this season. <laughs> very tough. <laughs> And also joining us, uh, returning, uh, head of the wonderful JW3 Centre in the Finchley Road, Raymond Simonson returns. How are you, Raymond? Not bad, not bad. I'm kind of, uh, you know, missing football, but also not missing the football that I was watching this season. Absolutely. And how's, how's lockdown been for you? Because obviously you run an a extremely busy community centre with so much going on. It must be utterly surreal for you that yeah. all that's just not going on. Uh, we we normally have about four and a half thousand people a week coming through our doors, mm. and we closed down on the sixteenth of March. Um, within forty eight hours, we reopened as a virtual community centre and arts venue, and we've yeah. been reaching a uh, thousand to two thousand people every week with our content. We had the brilliant Ashley Blaker, who you know very yeah. well. Yeah. We did a live a live comedy gig to about two thousand people uh, watching it all around the world online. So mm. yes, that's what I we was... did. I was one of them. It was very, very good. And one man who will never give in. He's always there serving up his brand of sport entertainment. Uh, joining <laughs> us again, Paul Hawksby is with us. Hi, Paul. 
Hi, hi, Mike. Yeah, it's not been easy, though. Uh, we're still broadcasting with no live sport. We've done Taiwanese baseball and um, Swedish trotting. <laughs> Swedish trotting was a new low. Uh, but uh, I want to sympathise with David. I, I went over to Oz to, to see some mates a few years ago, and I did exactly what he was talking about. I got up about three in the morning and watched us be absolutely crap against Man United at White Hart Lane. Mm. And I, I couldn't sleep. I mean, I just, I do. So, if that's the way you have to consume Tottenham, especially this season, David, bloody hell, that must be so hard. You must be kind of walking around big circles under your eyes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, so I was um, in the supermarket the other day, obviously socially distancing from the other shoppers. And there's a guy in there, he's got a Spurs shirt on. And I point at his shirt, give him the thumbs up and has a smile. And then uh, as we buy the milk fridge, I kind of call out to him, you know, leaving aside the awfulness of the situation, it's, it's no bad thing that the season has stopped for Spurs. And he, he'd agreed with my sentiment. <laughs> no, I think we all do. Uh, Paul, are you going into the studio and uh, presenting from there still, or are you going to do it from home? No, I'm working from home. I've got uh, a little kind of Comrex box, and I just plug into the router on my Wi-Fi, and it's kind of broadcast quality. It's, I mean, it's a bit like we do when we do OBs. You know, it's all right. become – it runs off of 4G or or um, or uh, the internet generally. It works pretty well off of Wi-Fi. So these days you can, you can put on a show – relatively low tech so uh, no we're still able to broadcast but from um but you're obviously part of a double act kind of thing you know yeah. you and gary so is it do you kind of have these kind of phil collins live aid pauses between <laughs> the two and gags gags just going out in the ether how's that you do, yeah you do get you get yeah you do kind of get hung out to dry now and again because <laughs> and the hardest thing is not to jump in and crash each yeah. other because there is a slight delay and he's at home as well in chiswick and I'm over here in the north, north London, and it's kind of, it's been a bit problematic. But we're we're getting there. Look, it's except I think the listeners appreciate the fact that it's, it, you know, it's all a bit Heath Robinson, all a bit low tech. But um, you know, it is what it is at the moment. At least we're still on air. So, but but some of the shows on Talksport, I've I've seen photos. They seem to be in the studio, aren't they? Yeah, some are. Some are still going in. Um, I mean, Jim White lives about a 10-minute walk along the river, so it's easier for some people to get into the studio and socially distance. Right. It's a little bit I more see. difficult for me and Andy and one or two others. So it's a bit of mix and match at the moment. Right, fair enough. And and have you had any kind of nods yet uh, when you think things might finally return? No. I mean, I'm as completely in the dark as every club chairman, every player, everybody else. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody's keeping anything back at the moment. Everything's on the table because everything's in a state of flux. I don't think anybody quite knows when we're going to be able to start and how we're going to be able to start, when the game's going to be played and whether they're going to be behind closed doors. They almost certainly will be. And, and you know, what's going to happen next? I think everybody is equally uh, in the dark. And what's your um, what do you what do you want to happen? Are you like me that wants whole season just to be null and void? <laughs> I think from the I mean, I mean you know you have to what what you want and what's more likely to happen because of the TV money. Um, you they're desperate to get the season finished. They want to get the season finished, even if it does mean uh, playing in empty stadiums. And they've been kicking ideas around like playing in crowd effects and cardboard cutouts of fans that they've done in Germany and different parts of the world to give it to. You see the one yesterday from Michelin uh, Club who said they were going to have uh, a drive-in football. So the fans would pull up in their cars and it'd be on big screens outside the ground and like so that so the players could sense the fans being there, toot their horns if they scored a goal. So it'd all be in your car watching the game. 
yeah. You mentioned cardboard cutouts and pumping sounds in. I mean, that's what the Emirates does every other week, isn't it? <laughs> that's true. They'll be used to it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond, uh, Raymond, what are your feelings on it? Do you Are you one of these people that really wants to see the sanctity of the Premier League run its course? Are you a bit like me just just finish it now start again hopefully start again in september with a brand new season like everyone else i love going to see spurs play live even even this season i still haven't you know hadn't been missing a game even when i dragged myself there and i've been <laughs> season ticket holder since i think 1979 when my, my old man started taking me i still love going whatever's going on so i really am missing it um and would love it to come back but the truth is it just it isn't it isn't more important than life and death. If I can uh, turn that quote on its head, you know. And at the moment, I, you're probably like me, you guys. I know people. I know people that have mm. died. I know people that have lost parents. I know. I know. I've got a guy who's my age who's been on a ventilator for the last two weeks. Wow. You know, there's serious stuff going on, and 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 they're saying. If you saw the, I don't know if you saw the news today. There's there's a there's one theory about why the uh, the numbers uh, of, of, of cases in Liverpool and they're tracing it, they mm. reckon some people to do with the Liverpool um, Atletico Madrid game where it was, you know, and uh, as well as the races. So the mm. fact that we've got to stay at home, we've got to stay at home and playing to empty stadiums, it's just not the same. Mm. I, I, was in, I was in Cheltenham. Yes. I, I was, I was working at Cheltenham mm. at the festival. I go every year and mm. we, do, we do live shows and I went there on the Monday and broadcast live from the course. So the fact that you know, I walked through crowds of 250,000 people effectively yep. over those over those four days of racing. And touch wood, uh, I mean, I, well, I certainly didn't get it from that because I would know that by now. But mm. I was quite, I count myself as lucky. And I think we were all surprised on the final day on the Friday on Gold Cup Day in light of the fact that the football had already been called off. And we all yeah. realised, I think, in that week just how serious this was and was going to be, that they that they let the Friday happen. I think we're all... We're in the Cheltenham bubble. So a few people in racing said to me, because we were all there and we were just getting on with it, none of us completely realised the way the rest of the world was viewing it. And a lot of people who came over from Ireland went back to Ireland afterwards and they were getting a lot of sticks saying, you know, why did you do that? Why are you going over there and risking mm -hmm. our health? So it became, it became quite a big thing. David, how is it in Australia? Look, I mean, Australia at the moment, we, we, we are in an effective lockdown. Um, you, know, the, the, you know, the government advice is basically, you know, only go to the supermarket, pharmacy, go, go and get your essentials. Schools uh, are shut at the moment, but um, prior to that, you know, kids of essential workers could go to the school and then everyone does online learning or, or learning from home. Um, you know, the, you know, shops are open from the point of view that the Prime Minister has deemed that if you need to go to the local sports shop to get an exercise mat to do your exercise, you can go and do that. Uh, pubs, cafes, restaurants are closed apart from takeaway and delivery. I mean, the, the thing about Australia at the moment is that the, the number of new cases each day has, has really kind of trickled down to, to very little. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously the concern and the challenge is about, you know, if, you know, I think where we'll go is that restrictions will start to lift gradually. But you, there is a question around the second wave. I mean, for example, mm. in Singapore, they had kind of 
didn't have so many restrictions. I mean, a friend of mine was telling me that if you went to a restaurant, you had to give your details, passport details and things like that and have your temperature tested. But since then, they've had a rise in new cases again and they've, they've gone into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the big discussion here is about, the, you, know, a, a, you know, obviously the, the pandemic and the human cost, is, as we've discussed, is, is huge. But there is a discussion about when sport can start again. The, the rugby league are talking about playing uh, in kind of bubbles and things like that. Um, the Aussie rules is, is cancelled, and obviously, you know, you've got the, although the cricket season won't start till later in the year, there's, there's concern about that as well. I, I just think going back to the Premier League and, and the season, you know, obviously, you know, leaving aside all this awful situation of what's happened, you know, from a Spurs point of view, yeah, you would want the season to be null and void. We start again next season, we're still in the Champions League. Um, and I think the big issue is obviously around the TV money. And my view on that is this, is that obviously I, my understanding is the money has been paid up front to the clubs and the club has used that to, to spend on wages, etc., etc. So I don't know how many years are left on the TV deal, but let's say, for example, there's three years left on the TV deal. Surely there may be some kind of a negotiation where you say, look, let's, let's extend that TV deal by one year on the same terms, but you pay out the rest of the money spread over the, the, the extra year. So yeah. you keep the money that's been paid to the clubs, but you extend the whole thing by one year and, and the rest of the money that's owed under the contract is spread over a longer period of time. Because, of course, the impacts along the line is that you have a situation where people are cancelling their subscriptions now to Sky, BT, etc., etc. And, you know, I hate, I hate to say it, but, you know, once we're out of this, and we will get out of this, there, you know, there is, in a way, there's going to be a new world order with the dealing with the economic impacts of it all. That's an interesting point, actually, Dave. I'm just going to say that, going back to that, because, you know, Sky and BT need football as much as football need BT and Sky, and there are new yeah. players in the market, and if, if they, that's an interesting theory, the idea that you could spread it over another year. I mean, the Premier League may be looking for more money and maybe bringing more players into the market, but as you said, there's a new economic reality and just going back to something else you said about coming back a second wave in japan they tried to come back with baseball they felt they were through it mm. they tried to restart the baseball they, they got players in training and there were outbreaks and they had to close it down again so it's going to be very very mm. difficult there's no way you're going to be able to start sport any sport in this country without a few setbacks like that mm. Mm. very true well look, let's move on uh thankfully for once it's been uh a quiet week. Tottenham have been relatively <laughs> quiet in the news this week. The only bits and pieces are still simmering on. Obviously, Paul, the whole Harry Kane, Willie or won't thing has been going on. But my understanding is, because of the situation, no club knows what kind of transfer kit they're going to have. So hopefully Harry will be safe staying at us for at least another season. Yeah, you'd like to think so. You'd think at, because of what's happened that there won't be quite as much money in the market. And certainly there was a report today saying Manchester United have been put off by Daniel Levy's valuation. But I think they would have been put off by that in any market. But potentially, and we, we, we may get another season out of him. Um, it's interesting. There was a story about Juventus, but I don't think they could afford him either. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have to get used to this. So there's, there's not a lot of transfer news about. And so we're going to have to get used over the next couple of months of fairly constant Harry Kane stories in light of what he said in that chat with uh, Jamie Redknapp a little while ago, where he kind of left the door open a little bit. Yeah, I mean, go on, man. I was just going to say that at the moment, you know, these stories are are annoying, right? Mm -hmm. But 
if you pick up, you know, my 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 wife is still going into work every day. She's a, a NHS uh, psychiatric nurse. She brings back the Evening Standard. It's about three pages. Right? It's, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing to write about on the sports pages. So yeah. this is exactly what happens in the summer. In the summer, as we all know, um, yeah. with all due respect to our uh, friends in the media, you've got to make up stories or you've got to hang on to every little rumour to fill the pages. So at the moment, there's no football. So the only stories, apart from, you know, when our club embarrasses us uh, by doing stupid things, the only stories they can write about are transfer rumours. So suddenly, we're not in the middle of a season. We're in between seasons. And so all the rumours will go. And every season, these are the same stories. I can pick this. It's recycled. Mm-hmm. It's the same stories. Harry Kane, 200 million to... To uh, Man U, I read that last summer and the summer before. Mm. Very true. Uh, well, look, let's uh, let's um, move on. The last two weeks on this show, Theo Delaney has been asking guests about some of their greatest Tottenham 11s. He's already done one of foreign players. He's done one of British players, excluding England. Um, so tonight, we're going to try and pick uh, a best. Tottenham 11 out of English players that you have seen. Mm-hmm. I know many of you will be shouting for Vivian Westwood, uh, Woodward. Sorry, Westwood. She would have got a game this season. Yeah. That would be a good kick. I want to see that kick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people want Alf Ramsey or Bill Nick. Uh, yeah. we, no, and I, I'm very, very sorry for all those of you listening of a certain age who want more to double team in. But let's, uh, let's look at those players after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back for the break. There we are. And I've also, thank you so much to everyone at home who has sent in uh, their, also their top 11. Uh, and I'll try and read as many of those out as possible. Paul, let's start with you. Who have you put in goal for your greatest English Tottenham 11? Well, uh, Mims, obviously, no, I'm only the, uh, I was very tempted. I mean, I was, there was two. There, I got down to two. Uh, Robbo, Paul Robinson, yeah. and, and Ray Clements. And yeah. they were both great keepers. But I, I, then I kind of thought beyond that. They were both equally deserving. Uh, but then I thought, well, Plum kind of made his name more at Liverpool. That was great for us. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, but there was something about Paul Robinson still. His, his kind of emotional attachment to Spurs and the kind of two-way love there is between him and the club just sort of shaded it for me. So I actually, I was, I was torn, but I went for Robbo in the okay. end. Okay, fair enough. And David, who did you put in goal? Uh, well, my, my first season was the old second division season. So my first game was the Tottenham 9-Bristol Rovers nil game. Wow. Oh. 
So obviously Barry, Barry Danes has got to be up there. Uh, <laughs> however, however I'm, I've gone for Ray Clements. Um, the reason for that is that, that I, I think Clements was one of the final, final pieces in the jigsaw of that team. So maybe his best years were at Liverpool, but what we got from him was a real, real winner. Um, and, you know, in terms of kind of relationship to club and things like that, you know, following on uh, from what Paul's saying is that, you know, he, he obviously was part of the coaching staff, um, worked with Doug Livermore for a season in terms of being in charge of the first team. Um, and, of course, his son played for Tottenham as well. So I, I think Clements as a goalkeeper and the way he organised that defence as well shades it for me. Fair enough. That's a good answer. And uh, Raymond, who did you put in? Well, Despite the fact that Melia Alexic is English, um, and was, was, on, it, was it was Serbian. Uh, well, it was down as English. I was surprised oh, okay. me I looked him up. Is uh, through through whichever parent. Um, no, I went I went for Clements. Robinson was my sub goalie. Um, uh, he didn't quite do as well for England as he did for us, I think. But Clements, look. I was born and named Raymond. Uh, I loved Spurs. I told kids in the playground that my real name was actually Ray and I was named after Ray Clements um, because that's what you did. And I put myself in goal solely for that reason. Uh, I had him in my Sabutio um, set. It was my prized possession was my Ray Clements, uh, which which I've now passed down to my son. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it will always go down as one of our greatest goalies. So, yeah, for me, it's Clements. Fair enough. I mean, it's funny enough, in a great tradition of Tottenham goalies, and, and awful, awful errors. We all remember Ray Clements' debut in the Charity Shield against Aston Villa when he yeah. dropped one onto the foot of, I think it was Peter Wyth in yeah, North yeah. Start. And even Eric Torsford had an awful debut. So, But I, I too have gone with Ray Clements, just shading it from Robinson. And uh, just reading out some of the ones we've had in N22, Coys has, has agreed with us saying Clements. Steve Timpson also sent his team in. Is also said Clements. Martin Murphy... A friend of the show has also put him in. Um, it was, uh, David Ellis as well put in Clements. A few, like you, Paul, did put in uh, Robinson. I think it was a, a, a real toss-up between the two. Now, the defence is more mm. interesting. Paul, who have you put in for your left-back, right-back? OK, my right-back... I said, well, uh, I'll give you... OK, my right-back is Danny Thomas. Um, oh, OK. Because I think that was uh, he was going to go on to be uh, uh, potentially a bit of a club legend. He was a wonderful player, and he was you know his career was cut short by a pretty horrific tackle in that game against QBR. Um, and I think he would have gone on to be an England regular. He was a lovely footballer, a wonderful footballer, and I'm kind of putting him in there almost for the fact that uh, you know what he would have been, and not I mean he was good anyway, but I think he would have gone on to be. Absolutely brilliant. So I put Danny Thomas at right back. My left back, funnily enough, I, I saw on an old big match the other day, score two goals uh, against Newcastle in uh, mm-hmm. 1974. Yeah. Uh, and it was the first kind of regular, when I started again regularly as a kid, was Cyril Knowles at left back. Yeah. Again, a, a, an excellent, good football, really underrated footballer. There's mm. been a lot of talk about Norman Hunter and certain players got reputations as, you know, hard men or whatever, but Cyril wasn't just a defender. He was very good on the ball. He scored from free kicks. He was mm. he was a decent player. So I, I put Cyril left back and Danny Thomas right back. Fantastic. Uh, David, what do you put for your left and right back? 
Okay, so for right back, um, you know, I, I really like Danny Thomas as well. I, I think he made a slow start to his career, but by the time of that awful injury by Gavin Maguire, I think his name was, he yeah. was really flying. However, I have to, my right back, I'm plumping for Steve Perriman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a wonderful podcast last week about the road Thank to you, uh, yeah. road to 81. Brought, brought a yeah. tear to my eye. Um, Me too. But Me too. I think for everything that he has brought to the club, you know, he was at, he was the heartbeat of that team and, and what a real leader. I mean, you read the books now and you, you talk to the guys that you have on, on the on the podcast for, from the squad and he still acts as the leader to this day and he's mm-hmm. talking them through and through. So he's my right back. On the left back, um, I was, you know, I was just a little bit too young to see Cyril Niles. And, and to be honest with you, if you have to look at all the right backs and left backs we've had over our time, there's there's been... Great ones have been few and far between. So I've gone for Danny Rose as the left back. Um, He's, uh, you know, from that awesome debut, that goal he he got against the Goons, um, and the way that he really improved uh, and went on and and his his kind of peak years, um, he was one of the best left backs in Europe, I think. So I've gone for Danny Rose. Okay, fair enough. And Raymond, who have you put down for your two full-backs? Well, they're all they're all quality choices so far. I went um I, I narrowed it down to three at first, which was Danny Thomas, Gary Stevens, who hasn't been mentioned yet. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and and as much as uh he didn't leave in good uh, in, in, in a in a good way, uh Carl Walker. Mm-hmm. Um and I ended up pumping for uh, Walker just ahead of mm-hmm. just ahead of Thomas because um actually I think we forget because it's more convenient for us to forget how good he was for us. Um for a, for a few seasons where he was just he was I think he was unplayable bombing up the wing um, and he was a better defend defender than we gave him credit for he just had those three or four big mistakes every season yeah um, I'm, I'm yeah. going for Walker and I was I, I I you know I always heard the stories from my dad about um, nice one Cyril but I never really saw him or if mm-hmm. I did I was too young to remember um, so for me it was between Edinburgh and Rose and um, uh, to be honest, maybe it's a bit sentimental reasons. When I was uh, at, at the airport in Madrid on the way back from that match um, last year, um, at about one in the morning, I was in the queue for passport control with Justin Edinburgh um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and a few of the other old first players and had a little chat. Um, and that was, you know, 24 hours before he fell ill. Yes. So I, I, I think Edinburgh was actually a lot of, a much better player than some people remember him from. So I'm going for him as left back. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, just so, few mentions. Terry Hill, a uh, big fan of the show, he, he also plumped for Danny Rose. Gary Russell, thanks Gary, he plumped for uh, Walker. A lot of you out there, probably of a certain age, went for that Walker-Rose uh, combo. Mm. Uh, and must mention in dispatches, for those of you slightly older, obviously a lot of people might put Peter Baker, Ron Henry in there from the double team. I too, like Paul, uh, remembered seeing Cyril Knowles, very, very cultured player, scored great goals as well, defended. There's that famous bit where the ball, when he clears the ball off the line and doesn't boot yeah. it, he actually like beat one or two players <laughs> while on the goal line and went past them, which is an incredible bit of footage. So I got for Cyril Knowles. And again, um, I too uh, have had to put in Steve Perriman. I know he was also played in midfield, but I think Perriman for me just got the nod over Walker because as you, you just said, heartbeat of the team was the glue in so many of those sides, missed the Tottenham. And uh, for me, he had to go in. Paul, uh, the two centre-backs would be interesting. Who did you put in? 
Okay, well, uh, I went with Ledley. I think that's a given. Yeah. Um, and then um, it was interesting. You were, we're talking earlier on there um, about the idea that uh, we, we, I think Raymond was saying it's convenient sometimes to forget the job a player did. And I was on the cusp. I was on the cusp, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> yeah. Solzier Campbell. I mean, let's not forget. He was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic for us. He was a brilliant, not as good a footballer as Ledley, but still brilliant for us in that position. But, you know, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And there was a very, very worthy alternative, which was Mabsy. So I yeah. put Gary yeah. Mabbott with Ledley in the middle of, of the defence. I think most people would. David, did you put the same? Yeah, so, you know... Um... My, as you know, we, we had some WhatsApp correspondence during the week when mm. you've asked me to put together a name, and I said, I can't, I, please tell me, I can't yeah. pick he whose name I can't even bring myself to mention. Um, and uh, and so, obviously, uh, Ledley and uh, and Gary Mabbott as well. And again, you know, two quality great players, and, and obviously two players are at the club for a long time and, um, and uh, know what the word loyalty is. So, um, well... <laughs> I've planned for those two. Yeah, fair enough. And Raymond, I'm assuming you did the same. I did the same. I'm going to tell you and continue my tradition of tell you who just missed out. Graham yeah. Roberts and Paul, Graham Roberts and Paul Miller yeah. were two that were will be on yeah. my bench. Um, uh, I loved I loved Paul Miller, by the way. And uh, back back in um, the uh, sort of late 70s, early 80s, he lived round the corner from me in Gants Hill in a house with his right. mum. And I knew that because my old man did his insurance for the Prudential. And on Bobber Job Week, I'm not making this up. I went round and knocked on his door, and I, I got they they paid me to clean his boots. And his lovely <laughs> mum invited me to come back for tea with Paul Miller. It was one of the greatest moments no. of my nine-year-old life. Very good. Oh, they were lovely. lovely. That's that's lovely. So Max well, Miller. I too also <clears throat> I too also put in Mabbott and King, yes. uh, as most of you out there did. Some of you, uh, slightly older, did put in Morris Norman, uh, but most of you did. And then with midfield, um, flagging up, I too had a a dilemma with Graham Roberts, but I remember when Graham Roberts played in midfield for Tottenham. So I put Graham in as my kind of defensive, buccaneering midfield player. Uh, And then I went with uh, my midfield, I went with Roberts, Hoddle, Gascoigne and Waddle. Uh, Paul, who did you put in? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I was going to put, I was going to find room for Robbo there, for yeah. Graham Roberts there uh, in the midfield for that reason, sitting in front of my other three, which are exactly the same as yours, Gazza, Glenn, and and Chris Waddle. But having put Danny Thomas in there, which I wanted to do, yeah. I put the skipper in midfield. So Steve Perryman has got the armband. Right. He's in midfield. He's a bit of steel with Gazza, Glenn Hoddle, and Chris Waddle. I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. decent midfield. Snap, snap, yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, I have, I've, done got, the same. I've got Perriman as captain. Mm, um, right. he's, he's playing there just in front of King and Mabbott and then Waddle, Hoddle and Gaza. Yeah. Um, what a team. To be. Oh. <laughs> David, have you done the same? Uh, I've, I've, I've done the same as you, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really wanted to get Graham Roberts into this team. I, I loved Graham Roberts. I, I saw yeah. his debut. Uh, it was away at Liverpool 
uh, Anfield, and, we, and unsurprisingly, we lost. But he he really he, he, I saw some old footage on the, on YouTube when we I don't know if you remember when we beat Arsenal two one on New Year's Day, and uh, mm. some some of the Spurs fans actually managed to stop the clock working at the clock end, <laughs> and, uh, and and we scored the second goal. Um, and basically, he he gave the V sign uh, to the North Bank, and I think the, the ITN reporter said that Graham Roberts was reminding the Arsenal fans of the score. And also, uh, of course, when Graham Charlie. Roberts put Charlie Nicholas into the stands, oh, I, I, Charlie in the stands. <laughs> exactly. I I love I loved Graham Roberts, um, and and he he was great. And then obviously the rest of the midfield uh, pick itself. I mean, Glenn Hoddle, childhood hero, Chrissy Waddle. A uh, superb player can play on either flanks, and of course, uh, Mr. Gascoigne. Yeah, no, I think we've all got the same there. Some of you out there may be slightly older. Hi, Dave. Dave Miller. He put Mullery in there. A few oh, people yeah. older obviously put Dave Mackay in there yeah. as well. Sadly, yeah. I wasn't old enough to see Mackay. If I did, I think Mackay would have been one of the first people to go on that team sheet. Um, some people out there even put in. Deli Alley uh, in that midfield as well, which kind of makes sense. I always thought Dave Mackay was Scottish. He was Scottish. Yes, he is. Right. <laughs> How is he playing for England? Yes, kind of right. Tony White, White didn't get in that team. It was Jackie uh, Charlton, the manager, any... and he was going through the passports and the family trees. <laughs> I apologise to anyone from the Mackay family listening. Uh, that's an awful thing to do. It's all right. Tony Galvin Christmas, was English until I realised he was Irish. <laughs> up front, up front is obviously so difficult because we all seem to have gone with a four-four-two, and so you can only have two up front. And obviously, we all looked at Clive Allen, Gary Lineker, Teddy Sheringham, Jimmy Greaves, if you're a certain age, even Jermaine Defoe, possibly. I. I, in the end, obviously Harry Kane went in for me, and then I I plumped. I just thought it would work better. I just put Teddy Sheringham in just ahead of Big Chiv, uh, just because I thought Kane and, Kane and Sheringham might work better together. Paul, what did you do? Um, I went for Harry Kane, and I was very lucky as a, as a kid uh, to see Jimmy Greaves play for Spurs, so oh, I, went wow. with, oh, I went with Kane and Greaves. Wow. Fair enough. Uh, uh, this was the hardest of the lot. Yes, um, and, and I was, to be honest, a bit like you, I was thinking of the combination and what would work best. Mm. And I thought, I thought, um, you know, Lineker and Sheringham would be an amazing combination. I was watching yeah. that Euro 96 programme the other night and looking how Sheringham worked so well with, uh, with Alan Shearer. And I thought, well, Kane and Sheringham or Lineker and Sheringham or Kane and Defoe would have been a brilliant partnership. Can you imagine? But... I think I think it's got to be Kane and Sheringham for me. It'll be yeah, phenomenal. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I I agree, David. What have you put in finally? Um, I've gone for Kane, um, and I've gone for Lineker, um, oh, and okay. the reason, and so. I, you know, there's a toss-up between him and Sheringham, but as a combination, what I thought about is that you know Kane can sometimes play a little bit withdrawn and with, and with another striker, so I think he's got the adaptability to do that. But if you all remember, you know, Glenn Hoddle's great through balls, particularly to Garth Crooks at that that great semi-final at, at the Library, um, and uh, you just imagine Gary Lineker at the end of one of uh, of well, plenty of Hoddle's through balls, um, and and that kind of combination. We we may 
may not have seen Lineker right at his peak, but, you know, for us, what a coup it was that summer to have Lineker, and we bought him from uh, from Barcelona. And, of course, in typical Spurs fashion, for three weeks we had Lineker, Gascoigne and Waddle uh, uh, all playing for us before we sold Waddle to Marseille. So I've gone for Lineker. I know. Fair enough. I mean, a lot of people out there, David Ellis, also with Kane and Lineker. Um, so I look at these lists here again. Um, Dave Miller put in most of, I think Harry Kane was put in by everyone. And again, depending on your age, a lot of people went Kane and Lineker in fairness, uh, Greaves, uh, and sharing him as well. And obviously, uh, Clive Allen probably just missed out, um, of that team. Well, we mentioned some great names there And next week, uh, when I'm on the show with Jerry Cox, Johnny Blaine and Dan Friedman, we've got to try and pick the best ever 11 with the foreign players. And obviously, I think that midfield, because you'll have to kind of bring in Modric, Janola. I mean, you know, it's that's going to be very, very tough next week. Who to bring? I think the four, well, Klinsman, obviously, will get a look in up front as well. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Who'd be your left back, week. Mike? His name begins with T and he was Italian. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Chamazani. <laughs> Chamazani is shooing. Absolutely. I don't Maybe him or Gilberto. Well, yeah. well, I, hope <laughs> tuba, I hope a tuba gets an honourable mention. Right back, yeah, that'd be nice. We, we, could, we could do the worst Tottenham 11, but it literally would be a eight-hour show. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and I think most of us would have killed ourselves at the end of it. Uh, trying to remember some of those those moments. It's funny, I've got um, a WhatsApp group with uh, really old friends of mine that I've been going to games for a long, long time. And we started doing memories of some of those pointless away games we've been to over the years. Uh, one of them was saying he went to some midweek friendly to watch Budacevic have his debut. And oh God. I mean, oh some really God awful journeys that you think, <laughs> I, I can't believe I did that to see, you know, the, the debut of Gary Doherty or, or whatever. <laughs> Quite extraordinary. But anyway, that's great. Just to let people know at home, uh, there's still lots of great new content going out on our Patreon site. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Some great documentary series there. A daily show every day, giving news, news updates. And on Friday, although if you've already subscribed to Patreon, you would have heard this. On Friday, going out on the Spurs show feed, an interview I did last year with Ian Walker. Funny enough, an hey. English goalkeeper that didn't get a mention but Walker was there I think it's from 1989 to 2001 yes made a few errors but I think we forget what a good keeper Ian Walker was yeah yeah true yeah, yeah he was he's, a, we, he's on my uh, bench yeah I, I think we didn't mention I'll go back to that just very quickly we didn't even mention Steve Archibald there did we or or Crooksy I mean that was a pretty special well, Crook, time for the so yeah, yeah. yeah no, absolutely Oh, sorry. Right. I'm, lost. I'm doing the Dave Mackay thing now. I do apologise. <laughs> uh, <yeah, laughs> I keep forgetting they have to be English. <laughs> right, the one thing, the one thing we didn't say. Sorry yeah. to uh, try and no, take no. over, but I, I, I've got, I've actually done all mine. I'm, I'm classic manager style. I've got a big whiteboard here. I've literally got mine on a whiteboard, and I've got a manager and a coach. I was oh, waiting for that. Well, right. well, okay. and, oh, yeah. well I, and I'm going to tell you it, even if you're not asking me. I'm going to tell you because I've done the work. You've done the work. Show, show us the I, work. And of course, I have the emotional tie to Venables because I love Venables. Um, but but my worry was this lot would just be out on the lash with him every night. So I've gone for Keith. I've gone for General Birkinshaw as manager and Terry Venables as coach. 
Fair enough. Well, look, I, I, I wasn't, although in saying that, I did, I started going to Tottenham 72, 73, so I probably did, although I can't remember it, see the last season or so under Bill Nicholson. Uh, I think anyone of a certain age would Bill Nick immediately. Yes. But I, out of Birkenshaw, Venables, wow, that's a tough one. I... I have I have a lot of affection for that ninety one cup winning team. Yeah. Uh, so I will probably just go as a manager, tactically, I probably just go Venables ahead of Birkenshaw. David? Uh, I'd go Birkenshaw. Um, you know, as I said, my first season was the old second division season and, and of course the the evolution of that team, mm. you know, it felt it felt like in the years between eighty one to eighty four that every other week we're at Wembley, League Cups, Charity Shield, FA Cups, replays and things like that. And and, and that and that's a team that probably emotionally uh, I'd have most affinity with, um, and and the way that team was brought together, um, I, I think uh, in this day and age, would he have been given the time that he had to build that team? Probably not, um, but he, he did an amazing job, and, uh, and uh, for me, it's Birkinshaw. Fair enough. And Paul, what, you, what uh, would you put in then? Well, I go, I go, Bill Nicholson, because yeah. as a kid, I was, I went to a couple of League Cup finals that we won, and a UEFA Cup final that we won. So I. He won three trophies in my kind of formative years as a Tottenham fan. Wow. So, mm. and uh, I would go, I would go for Bill Nicholson definitely. Fair enough, lovely. Well, that's great. Uh, look, thank you so much, guys, Paul, Raymond, and David for getting up at a god awful hour to talk about some of your greatest uh, Tottenham players. Thank you so much to all three of you. Everyone out there, stay safe, stay in, and stay healthy. Uh, we'll be back next week with Jerry Cox, Johnny Blade and Dan Friedman with our final uh, greatest 11 of all time. Please go to at Spurs on Twitter, start sending them in, and I'll try and mention as many of you as possible. Thanks, guys. Thank Cheers, you. Come on, all the best. Spurs. Lovely. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Lily Whites. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.